Hey there, Digital Intercourse fans. It's Devo here. And uh, we hope everyone is out there surviving the lock-in, the lockdown, whatever you want to call it, the quarantine. And we hope that we'll be back to normal sooner rather than later. Now, on this episode that you're getting ready to hear, Tom is going to talk about an event that we had scheduled for March 24th here in Tulsa, Oklahoma at Lot 6. Uh, that event is not going to take place, obviously, because of the quarantine. But uh, Lot 6 is a lovely and wonderful local bar, and uh, it's a reminder that we need to be helping out those local establishments during this hard time. So please reach out to your favorite bartenders, your local bars, see what you can do to help them out. Uh, anything that you can do will help at this point. So we hope you guys are uh, doing well out there. And uh, for our efforts, for Soundstooth, we are going to have a special live stream, 24-hour live stream, starting this Friday night at 10 p.m. through Saturday night at 10 p.m. And uh, there will be a digital intercourse hour. I believe that's currently slotted around 6 or 7 p.m. on uh, for Saturday. So be sure to check the Soundstooth page on Facebook for more information regarding that. And without further ado, on with this week's show of Digital Intercourse. Everybody stay healthy. Stay safe. Digital Intercourse. Shit, this is like a magic goddamn <laughs> wizard pill. Yeah. That's my pappy clap. Come on. We're going to use a condom. Yeah. Digital Intercourse. A nun comes in and slaps the shit out of you. Yeah. I had far less penis than I had when I went in. <laughs> Digital Intercourse. Does she show a titty afterwards? Come on. Pop all chlamydia sitting on the rocking chair. <laughs> Digital intercourse. The world is an ending. And women have vaginas. <laughs> but it was the day that I learned girls don't pee out of their butt. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Digital Intercourse, the shame-busting podcast from the buckle of the Bible belt. My name is Tom King, and I am joined once again with Lauren Turner. I'm here. Still just as responsibly seductive as ever. <laughs> yes, don't get crazy. Uh, Lauren, we've got some exciting news. What? Today is Tuesday, March the 24th. So if you're listening to this prior to 9 p.m. today, you need to be at Lot 6 at 9 p.m. today for Digital Intercourse Live. We're doing a live podcast recording, y'all. And we're, it's $5 at the door, and we're going to give you all the bang for your buck. We have two traveling showgirls to come in with us into town. And you can tip us during the recording, during the conversation. You can tip them, and they will strip for you during the podcast recording. And at the end of the night, we're going to have a roast battle between a comedian and a professional dominatrix. Oh, that's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be weird. It's going to be something you've never seen before. <laughs> so get your ass out tonight, March 24th at Lot 6, 9 p.m. for Digital Intercourse Live. But today, before we do all of that, we've got some very special guests with us tonight. We have two people that went through bariatric surgery. Uh, we had one that was severely morbidly obese and another with just average obese. Just, <laughs> just regular, just regular obese. Just run-of-the-mill obesity. Uh, they lost a lot of weight and they have just gained so much we have christina and kenneth richmond hey guys hi hi how are you good. good happy to be here no we're happy to have you here so uh we start this podcast out with the same question for all of our guests where are you from where'd you go to church i am from sperry oklahoma and i went to a church of god aren't they Ooh. all though 
I mean, pretty much. Yeah. But some of them are specifically labeled because they're better than other churches. Osage, it was called Osage Oaks Church of God, to be specific. They're being very clear about what they're about. I like that. Right. Yeah. And I'm from Tulsa. Uh, I went to a Nazarene church, uh, Southwest Church of the Nazarene over on the uh, west side of town. Okay. What, Nazarene, I'm not familiar with that domination. Like, what are they, what's special about them? What's their different kink? Every church has a kink. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> to me, to be honest with you, um, of course, I was 12, 13 years old when I started going there, and it was just a church full of 60, 70 year old people that <laughs> could barely move. So they're. To it's me, there the... really wasn't much. It was kind of a boring <laughs> church. Now. So they didn't shame you like my church, where, like, I remember a youth leader one time was like, yeah, all these teenage girls look like they've been had. What? I mean, wow. Uh, right, right. Yeah, oh it was. God. But they were super strict. We couldn't dance. No piercings. Guys couldn't have long hair. You know, they didn't really want us dancing. Ridiculous shit like that. Leave room for yeah. Jesus. Exactly. Leave room for the Holy Ghost. Right, yeah. right, right. That's now, I actually technically went to several different... I went to Baptist, to Pentecostal. Uh, depending on who I was dating at the time, I would go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. That's interesting. I love it. Pentecostal on... one scared me. <laughs> so oh, if I yeah. start a cult... He'll be in it. He'll, I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll be there watching <laughs> the door for you. Right. <laughs> so how did you two meet? The internet. The internet. In 19, oh. What was that? 1999. Ooh, before Ooh. it was in vogue. Yes. Yeah. And it was called peopletopeople.com. And I had tried like, do you remember like the phone where you could call in? Party oh, line. Yeah. Yes. I did that for a while. Um, I could never really get dates on my own without that. Um, and he messaged me because he actually paid for it. I didn't. Right, that's the like, way it goes. The men yeah, pay, the women don't have yeah. to. Yeah, and I was I was a slut, so I was just like, he's kind of cute, and so I'll talk to him, which is kind of funny because he bored the shit out of me. Oh, no. <laughs> he would call me and talk about his fucking cat, and I'm like, but I was dating a bunch of other people, but he was, he was sweet to me. The other guys, you know, I was just a free meal, a dick, whatever. I it had wasn't to call like, and talk about my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> he would call and I'd be like, oh shit, but he's, he's really nice to me. So I'll go over and hang out with him, you know, but he was so antisocial and I wasn't, I had tons of friends. And like I said, it was a slut. So <laughs> it, it was kind of a breath of fresh air to go hang out with somebody who didn't want to go out and party all the time. And it was just about me. Okay. So he built me a computer, and that's how I fell in love with him. That'll do it. Nice. <laughs> Keep the faith, all you nerds out there. <laughs> it can happen for you. Yeah. Now, were you overweight when you met? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then that just kind of grew? or Oh, it grew after we started dating. <laughs> that was our favorite thing to do was eat. Hang out I mean, eat. we'd go. I would say that we weren't in the shape we were. When we first met, we weren't. Obese, obese. We were on the heavier side, right. but the more we kind of fed off each other to, hey, let's go eat this restaurant, or let's go eat this, or let's go try this dessert, right. and that, and we just... It was so bad that when we were first engaged, I bought a wedding dress, and then grew out of it and had to buy another one a few oh, months no. later. So, yeah, he had to buy my second wedding dress, because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fit into the first one. <laughs> yeah. Was that like an emotional thing or were you so kind of like 
dissociated or not trying to think about it. It was just like, this is just something I have to do. It is because I've dieted since I was 10 and I'm 45 right now. So it was kind of like I tried. It didn't work. He loves me no matter what. And so if I have to go get a new pretty dress, that's fine. Yeah. So this is what we got to do. Right. Yeah. So what was your lifestyle like? Were you, were you staying in more? Were you still going out and drinking? No, we were still, I was still going out. I say I was, because I did more than, and if he went, he was always, he's still my caretaker, but, um, <laughs> he, he definitely became more social when we moved in because we were engaged. It was, it happened pretty, I say it happened fast, but honestly, like we dated and then he ghosted me for like a year. <gasps> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And we both kind of dated other people and then somehow creepy ass tracked me down with my phone number, you know, (laughs) he found my phone number, he found my phone number and called me and we kind of reconnected and kind of, I remember we got, what it was is we got snowed in together over a weekend and I was like, I think I love this guy. Classic. It's cold outside. Like I love this dude. And it kind of went from there and then we, we moved in with each other and he became more social then he would go out and, and hang out with my friends and stuff. He always seemed miserable, but he was always there for me, you know? (laughs) But I mean, if you're hanging out with me and I'm drunk all the time, you have to hold my hair, watch me. I can see how that would be miserable. Back then, I was not a very social person. Going to a bar to me was not fun. You know, I have a hearing problem. So when I go to a bar and there's loud music and somebody tries to talk to me, I don't know what they're saying, so I would just put my head down, and everybody would think that, well, this this guy's an asshole. I don't want to talk to him. Right. No. But he was also fat and hated himself. I mean, that's honestly, because he's not the same person mm-hmm. now that he was when I met him. Like, he was always sweet to me, but when it came to other people, he, he was an asshole. <laughs> like, you're kind of projecting some of that, like, internal shit onto other people, like, Believing they have an opinion of you. Exactly. That you have of yourself before you even get there with right. them. And right. The, I, and I use that with with self-deprecating humor. I want to get people, you know, I make fat comments about myself before anyone else can. Mm-hmm. And he was just on the defensive and just miserable. He seemed miserable. I don't want to speak for him, but he seemed miserable. Were you? Were you miserable? What was your kind of self-perception at that time? Back at that time, I was just, I was unhappy with the way I looked, the way I felt, and I could see myself probably projecting it out now, uh, thinking back then, but the um, the way I feel about myself now is has completely changed since I've had the surgery. I'm more welcome to conversations, uh, getting out in public, having fun, partying, things like that. Things that I would have never done before surgery. I was just too miserable of a person back then. Looking back on it, I see it now. But back then, I, it wasn't something that I was very aware that I was doing. Sometimes he was actually proud of the fact that he was such an asshole. And that used to really bother me because I'm completely opposite. And I'm like, it's not cool to be an asshole. Like, that's, that's not okay. But I understand why he was that way. And so I was patient with him somewhat. I mean, I did marry him. We've been together almost 20 years. So, I mean, that says a lot. (laughs) So what was your, what was your diet? Like, what were you eating in those days? What were some of your kind of favorite go-to foods? Anything, everything (laughs) dollar menu was our favorite. Um, yeah, he won't admit it, but he used to sneak fast food. 
He would you go would buy sneak it. it. Yeah. Sneak it past her. I wasn't sneaking right. it past me. <laughs> right. I, I knew where I was. Right. Because <laughs> I was always on a diet. I was always trying to lose weight and I wanted to encourage him too. And um that's a a lot of people fight about cheating. We would fight about him going and and, and buying like sneaking fast food. Is this a time. Taco Bell rapper? Yeah. <laughs> right. Who is this bitch? Who is Wendy, <laughs> goddammit? Yeah. Now there is yeah. there is one thing that she hasn't mentioned is where you asked, you know, what our food intake was like back then, what we ate. I ate a lot of fast food. She didn't eat a lot of anything really. Because I, I mean, dieted all the time. Yeah. Say if we went to a Texas Roadhouse, just the name of a place off the top of my head. Um, that was our jam. Yeah, she would get like a, a four-ounce steak and barely eat an ounce of it. Yeah, but I'd eat like 10 of the rolls. You know, I would always okay. take the rolls. So I would get extra rolls, you know, and eat them, <laughs> eat them at home, you know. So Where I had uh, an eating disorder where I just wanted to keep eating, 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 she had... Uh, I would diet. Yeah, she had a diet disorder, basically, where her body just wasn't functioning properly anymore from all the diets that she was on. So what was the point where it was like, because um, I think bariatric surgery, it's more common now, but it's not a small procedure. It's pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And there's like, you got to do a lot of getting ready, and then you're maintaining forever, and you got to kind of like, it's a big change. Yeah. So what point were you like, that's enough. We're going to take like this kind of more drastic step. I had a partial hysterectomy and could not heal from it. I, I, I would always, I tell people up until then in my forties, I was healthy fat. I didn't have diabetes, any of that. I did have a little bit of back pain and knee pain, but I also worked on my feet most of my life in the service industry. So I kind of chalked it up to that, but I had that and I, I wasn't healing properly. And I was like, something is wrong with me. So I went to the doctor and immediately I was put on insulin. Mm -hmm. I was type two diabetic after that high blood pressure, sleep apnea. Um, the knee pain and back pain was so bad. I couldn't work anymore. I couldn't work outside the home. I was, and I tell people this all the time because it's the truth. I was literally dying on my couch. Mm -hmm. I remember there were so many nights that I'd pray that like, I just, I didn't want to end my life, but I would have been okay not waking up. I couldn't take care of my family. I couldn't take care of my house. I couldn't work. I couldn't be a partner that I should have been. I was, I was miserable, but I was so sick. And I actually had tried previous, before I got sick to have weight loss surgery, but insurance is kind of picky about that. And you have to be really sick before a lot of insurance companies will pay for it. Mm -hmm. So I tried over the years and he got a new job, got really good insurance. And one of the first things I would ask when he would look for a job is like, do they cover weight loss surgery? And he's like, yes, they do. And I said, let's do this. Cause I, in my mind, I wasn't this person that was sitting on my couch dying. Like I had so much life to live Um, and that was my breaking point. I just, I couldn't live like that anymore. My kids deserve better. I deserved better. Most importantly, I deserve better, but he deserved better too. And our marriage was at a breaking point. It, we just couldn't, we were both miserable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely miserable. Did you do it around the same time or like, I imagine you'd have to kind of stagger. Right. 
I had it first and he had it a year later. And he has a story about why he had it a year later. I mean, besides the fact that my life was going in a different direction. And like I said, at that point, our marriage was at a breaking point. I'm like, I'm going this way. You're going this way. And we can't, we're either going to do this together or I'm gone. Like I, I loved him, but I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So how did you pick which surgeon you were going to use? Actually, (laughs) well, I picked the hospital first and it just so happened that that surgeon had actually had all my records from when I tried previously. So it was easy. There were a lot of, because they make you go through a ton of testing and I didn't have to go through a lot of the testing because I had already tried with him before. And so um, usually it takes six months to a year and it took me less than three months because that's how sick I was. They're like, if insurance covers it, let's get this done as soon as possible. The only reason it took so long is because you have to go through so much testing, but that's how I picked my surgeon. Okay. Now that first meeting, did they kind of change your diet plan and kind of give you a weight loss goal? Like you have to lose this much weight before we can do the surgery. I actually did not have to lose any weight before surgery. Okay. Um, the first, um, consultation I had, they did not put me on a diet, but when I saw the, um, the nutritionist, they're like, we suggest that you do this. And for me, it was so important to me. And I wanted to do, be prepared and do everything by the book that immediately I was like, yes, let's do this. Um, unfortunately I was one of those people that even with a two week liquid diet, because I had dieted for so long, I barely lost any weight. And so I was scared. I was like, this isn't going to work for me. I'm not going to lose weight because I was one of those weird people. I mean, some people, the first, the two week liquid diet, they can, you know, drop like 20 pounds. I lost seven and I was strict. You can ask him, like, I'm still strict. Like I followed things by the book, but it kind of depends on your insurance. Some insurance companies want you to do six months worth of nutritionist visits and you do have to lose a certain amount of weight, but I didn't have to. So that pressure was not, (laughs) not having that pressure was really nice for me because I was already scared I was going to fail after the surgery, which is a very common thing. Most people are scared that it's not going to work. So it was, it was stressful, but I learned a lot the first three months and going to a nutritionist. So so you said you were really strict on, on your diet once you kind of got into a place. Uh, did you have any struggles with that? Were there any like certain cravings like, God damn it, I need pizza or I'm going to kill everybody? Um, no, but during the two-week two week liquid diet, there were a lot of times that I would chew up food and spit it out. Because the diet is it's sugar-free, but it's like you're getting a lot of sugar. And I'm a savory carb person. And there were many times, like, I remember my son was making ramen noodles and I was like, just let me lick the packet. And I legit <laughs> licked the packet because I needed that salt. But there were times that I'd chew up food. And I think a couple times I had a couple bites of pork chops and some mashed potatoes because it was tough. But I would wake up every morning and I'm like, it's no one else's deal. I'm not going to be grumpy. I'm not going to be pissed off. The rest of my family didn't choose this. During the two-week liquid diet, they ate fast food in front of me. Pizza, hamburgers. <laughs> no, I tried to keep a positive attitude because, like I said, it, it was my choice and it wasn't their fault. And I was so excited to finally do it that I was just like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna deal with it. So, so <clears throat> let's go back to like a year after she had her surgery, you decided. What was that story? Well, that's actually a kind of 
we kind of have a little dispute going about how that story really <laughs> went down. <laughs> um, of course, I was I was hefty. I was maybe three fifteen, three twenty at the time, <coughs> and I'm almost fifty years old, and I'm a heavy equipment operator, and I have all these kids that I'm running circles around at work. So I'm thinking I might be a little big, but I'm still in great shape. I can do all this. I'm I'm handling it, and I'm I'm going around these kids like it was nothing. So. And I went to the doctor, and I was already diabetic, and I was taking diabetic medicine. And the doctor's like, look, if you don't change your lifestyle, the next time you come see me, we're going to be putting you on insulin. She goes, you're, you're declining, and you're going in the wrong direction. You need to turn around and, and get your lifestyle in order. And to me, you know, that was already a shot. And, you know, I took that pretty hard, and I get out in the car, and... This is what the male mind is thinking. My wife is sitting there saying, you know, what she, the way she presented it to you a minute ago, what I heard was, look, honey, you're fat as a cow and you need to do something about this or else. That's what I heard. Mm -hmm. So I was really quiet for about a month. And about a month, I thought in my head and I stewed about it and just kept thinking about it. And finally, about a month later, I went to her and I said, I want to do this. I want to have bariatric surgery. And... I think I kind of shocked her when I when I actually said that I wanted to yeah, do it. Yeah, because he was pissed off at me for a month. And all I said to him was, have you thought about maybe having surgery like I did? That's all I said. But that's not what he heard. <laughs> He's like, and literally, I'm a fat cow. Yes. He was, You're like, wait, what? He was so mad at me. I'm just like, just try to But I, you know, he told me later, that's what he heard. My wife's calling me fat. Never have I ever called him that, ever. And back then, that's the way my mind worked is when I would get upset or angry, I didn't speak to people a lot as it was back then because I was so unhappy with my life that I would sit there and think about things like that for a month and I would just bounce it around in my head and that's just how I handled things back then. And so for a month, I thought about it and after that, uh, my insurance had changed because we were now in a different year so I had to go through the six months mm-hmm. and where she only had to do the three months, like she was in a lot worse shape than I was. So I, me going through the six months was a huge change for me because believe me, there's Wendy down the street that I wanted to go see and say hi to. <laughs> yep. And guess what? Wendy was right next door to Arby's. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had a hard time there, but I actually in the six months learned a lot and learned how to deal with a lot. And I had it a lot, and she hates me saying this, but I had it a lot easier during the two-week liquid liquid diet than most people do because my lifestyle consisted of me going to work for 10, 11 hours and coming home and sleeping my life away after that and getting up and going back to work. So when I was on the two-week liquid diet, I got up and I went to work, and I worked nonstop, so I wasn't thinking about having anything to eat at the time, and then I would come straight home and go to sleep and sleep through all the hunger and get up and go do it again. So I had an easy two weeks where most people don't. Interesting. So when I was reading some background for this, I read a lot of people, it's not um, a super high divorce rate, but it's a little bit higher. No, it is mm-hmm. a super high. It's a very high divorce rate. Yeah, because it totally changes it is. the dynamic. It is. Well, and a lot of people... Um, like myself, I've my whole life suffered from low self-esteem. So any guy that was nice to me, and I'm not saying this with you, but any guy that was nice to me or gave me positive attention, I was like, fuck yes, this guy loves me. You know, like, 
And that kind of changed after that. I, I started to learn my self-worth and I even stand up to him more than I used to. Um, <laughs> He's like, oh, God. I love him. Yeah. And, but there's times that I'm surprised our marriage survived it. But I think we're stronger now than we were because we went through it together. And we kind of evolved into people who love. When you love yourself, you can love other people a lot more. Mm-hmm. it's not easy. We have our challenges, but I, I'm, I'm very grateful that we stuck it out and, and that we did it together because everything we do now is together. We speak at seminars together. We, we've done marketing together. It's, we're a team. And, um, that's kind of rare when it comes to bariatric surgery. A lot of people, very, very it's rare. one, one person goes through it and then they're on this different trajectory. Right some of the stuff I saw was that it was getting a lot of people out of like, like you were talking about getting them out of unhealthy situations. Cause it, right. they're finally like, Oh, I'm not a piece of shit. Right. This person has been treating me like I'm a piece of shit and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. And I think we kind of got out of it to, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, I think at the point where after she had the surgery, she, like she said earlier, she was, her path had changed. She was going a different direction than me. And if I wouldn't have had the surgery, Mm -hmm. we probably would have been divorced because she's going left, I'm going right. And eventually we're just going to pull apart from each other. And that's just the direction it was going. So I think there was a reason that I ended up having the surgery right. and I'm a much happier person now because of having the surgery. And now we get the attention together, which is very awkward for us. Um, it's, it's very awkward because we're like couples come at us all the time and we don't know how to handle <laughs> and which we don't have a problem with that. That's great. Our marriage is not strong enough for that now. And it used to be just when I was dating, I would have couples come at just me, you know? And so I kind of know how to handle it, but with him, it's, but I'm flattered. I love watching people hit on him. Like it's, it's a turn on for like, cause it's not something I'm used to. And so when we're out places and I see someone looking at him, I'm like, hell yeah. You know, I love it. <laughs> like he's <But>, mine. <laughs> yeah. Right. The other right. night we were out and I was working the uh, door at the review and uh, I had a couple sitting next to me and the man and woman just kept talking to me and I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, hey, these people are really nice. They're We're being kind of really oblivious. friendly to. Yeah. They're just being really friendly to me, and you know, and everything. And Christina comes up and tug, tugs on my arm, and I go, "What?" And she goes, "That dude is really into you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it because he kept calling me over. He's like, because I could tell he was a little uncomfortable. He's like, "They want to meet you," and I'm like, "No, they want to meet you." And yeah. I'm watching this, and I kind of like it. <laughs> you know, they want to make sure it's okay with you that they meet yeah, him. That's exactly. What I mean. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they were very concerned about that at the time. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, yeah, we'll meet her. Sure. Anyways, more about exactly. you. Sir. Yeah. Because exactly. yeah, the guy kept looking at him and I was just like, I love this. Like I, one of my favorite things that I noticed after he had surgery and he'd lost a, a large amount of weight is we would walk by things with reflections and he would stop and look at himself. And that was such a turn on to me. Like there's something about someone loving who they are that is just so and I never knew that before. Like it makes me more attracted to him that he's confident and he likes who he is. Like I, that's, 
and he's not an asshole as much anymore. <laughs> as like, much. Yeah. You're toning it down. So it's still yeah. there, but a little bit right. lower volume. That's good. Right. I have it packed away. I can pull it out when, I <laughs> yeah. when it's deserved. Yeah. I wonder, too, if, um, if you had not done it and after you had, it sounded like you were so sensitive that I think maybe you just existing and doing what you needed to do would have just been like... Yeah. Emotionally way too much for you to. Right. He's definitely way more sensitive than I am anyway, just in general. My friends joke how the roles are reversed in our marriage. I'm more of like the dude and guarded and all that. And he gets his feelings hurt so easy. And so there's no way I we would not be married today if he wouldn't have had it. I agree. There's no way. So in that year between. You having your surgery and then uh, Kenneth having his, you said there was a lot of struggles in there with that. Uh, what were kind of some of the main tension points for you? Other people. Other people? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we were both exploring other options because we weren't getting what we needed from other people. Um, that had a lot to do with it, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he felt left behind and I get that, but I was also getting attention that I had gotten attention before, but not like, not like I had. And he, he was dealing with his own shit. So he wasn't giving me what I needed, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's kind of a shock when you go from being a person who's kind of in the background all the time. I was, you know, even with my friends, they were always hotter than me. So I was the third, you know, the third wheel, whatever. Um, I was kind of out there and meeting people and people were coming out of the woodwork that were attracted to me and um, neither one of our needs were being met. And that, that had a lot to do with it. Definitely hurt my self-esteem after she was, after she had the surgery and she was losing all this weight and she was getting all the attention and I'm, you know, I'm already feeling bad about myself as it was. And then suddenly she's getting all this attention and I feel like I'm getting left behind and I'm not getting the attention I need. So it just made my self-esteem feel worse and worse and worse as it was going along. And I think that's why a lot of people end up in the divorce is because the person that didn't have the surgery that is still, you know, their old self is just going downhill further and further just, you know, spiraling out of control and it's hard to recover from that. So thankfully I ended up deciding to have the surgery because it turned my life around. Well, and I also was so involved in my own world that I didn't realize I was kind of pushing him away and not, not meeting his needs too, because I was for the first time in my life, I was so self-involved that it was just about me. And I never thought like how he was feeling or the attention, you know, he needs a lot of attention for me. And I love that. And that's fine. That's just his personality. His love, like, like I have to say, I love you all 500 times a day. <laughs> I have to give him attention. And that's okay. I'm the opposite. And I wasn't giving him that. Mm-hmm. And But I was so self-involved, I didn't see that until it was like, oh, wait, there's someone else in your life. You know. Do, I read a lot about it's very common for afterwards for there to be this period of like actually figuring out who you are. And it sounds like you were kind of in that and just kind of who am I yes. and ref- refiguring and reconfiguring all of that. Right. Does your surgeon, do they do any mental health oh my prep gosh, work yes. with you? Yes. Okay. I still, um, I haven't in a while, but even after 
because I've kind of went into eating disorder territory where I'm afraid because I've always been a restrictor. So I'm so scared to gain weight back that there are times I'm like, okay, I'm just not going to eat because it's easy not to because you don't get those hunger pains and, you know, my pouch is tiny. I don't have to eat much. And so aftercare, a lot of people don't understand that you have to go through mental health evaluation to even have surgery. If you're in a good program, they require that. Um, I was one of those rare people. You really only have to go once, but I had to go back twice because of the eating disorder thing. So she had me come back a second time, but I've actually had to follow up since then. And that's so important because you're not only your eating changes, but your life completely changes. And it's a shock. It's like, what do I do with all of this? What I do with the attention? What do I do with, um, kind of being able to do things you never were able to do before. Like my life now is full of first time, you know, and, and sometimes that can be a shock, you know, like it's hard. It's like being reborn again, almost. Mm -hmm. It really is. Well, and I think there's probably some level of, you think you're being treated a certain way by the world. This is another thing I was reading about, but then you lose weight and you're like, Oh, (laughs) like I was invisible for a long time and kind of, dealing with all of that kind of thin privilege is a fucking thing. It is a thing and it still pisses me off. I am treated completely different now when I walk in a room than I was when I was heavy and I get so mad, so mad, even retail shopping. I'm treated completely different and people do not realize that unless they live it. If you have been thin or average your entire life, you do not understand and I, I, I'm kind of bitter about that. Like I, I'm the, I'm the same caring person I was then, and I should have never been treated differently. So now I get kind of, I get kind of pissed off about it. I really do. What have you noticed? What are some things have you noticed like in retail shopping or, or anything where it's been different? For There's you? been many times that I'll walk into a place and nobody even speaks to me. Or, um, I remember, I don't know if you, I'm old. There was a, there was a store called five, seven, nine at the mall. They specializes in size five, seven, nine. Um, I worked at the mall for decades when I was a teenager and an adult. And I remember going in there one time and the lady, the girl, she wasn't a lady. She was a girl. She's like, we don't carry your size. I'm like, why would you say that? And how do you know what I'm here for? Like, I felt a lot of times that I was absolutely invisible Um, I, there's been many times that I'd be out in public and people won't hold the door open for me, but they do now, you know, it's, it's little things like that. It's, you really are treated differently. You really are. Um, how many times was I out in public and people would say shit about my weight and you would have to be like, why are you saying that? Or we went to eat ice cream with my child one night and there was a bunch of young guys there and they started outright where we could hear them making fun of me because I'm fat and I'm eating ice cream and he had to stand up to them. There were so many times and people think, like I said, if you walk around, you're thin your entire life, you don't think it happens, but it really does. Um, there were times I'd go out for walks or try to exercise cause I love to exercise. People would yell things out of their car and say things. It really does happen. I'm just like, I don't know what it is about me, but like it does. It, it sucks. One of the things that I get a kick out of now is, um, say, when she was heavier, 
she would have these people saying that stuff to her. Say uh, it was somebody she knew from high school or somebody that would just like, oh, you're fat, you know. Yeah. They really mean to them and everything, and now she's had the surgery, and they'll run into her out, and suddenly they're hitting on her. And she's like, uh, excuse me, but wasn't it two yeah. years ago where you were saying that, you, yeah, whatever? You know? Right. I had a really hard time in high school. I was fat. I was poor. I was awkward. I dressed different than everyone, you know. And I went to a really small school, and a lot of these bitches that were really mean to me um, will go, they're overweight now, they go to seminars, they see my picture, or they know that I've, I've worked with Bailey, and they reach out to me. And part of me is want to be like, fuck you, you made my life hell, but then a part of me is like, okay, I'm representing the hospital if I can yeah. save someone's life. So I always have to put myself in check and kind of think about it because I'm just like, bitch, you deserve to be fat. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I like, love, imagine you a week on seminar like, right at the end, you're like, um, and I hope you all have a great day except you. I hope you stay fat, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I tell like, there's been so many times, but I'm just, I have a kind heart and I know what it's done for me. And I'm like, they're already being paid back by being unhealthy and miserable. And I mean, kids are assholes yeah. and that's fine, but it's, it's kind of hard for me not to be petty sometimes. <laughs> it really is. So then Kenneth, you had your surgery. Mm -hmm. Uh, what, what changed for you after the surgery? Oh my God. A lot, a lot. Um, first of all, what exactly do they do? Well, basically, it depends they, on the surgery. Okay, yeah, there's there's several different types of surgeries. Uh, Bailey focuses on uh, Ruin Y surgery, which is gastric bypass, which is what both me and Christina had, and vertical sleeve gastrectomy. The other one, yeah. <laughs> <That> one <might laughs> it slipped my mind. Yeah, uh, we speak at seminars all the time, so we know we've been through so many seminars. We know the ins and outs of what they do. But basically, the sleeve surgery, which is the first one, they cut your stomach into the shape of a ban banana from where it was a football. A hot dog. Yeah, hot dog. Hot dog. I'm going with banana, Dr. Kirk. Yeah, we should use dog. healthy foods for this. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> so they cut it down into the shape of a hot dog or a banana, and then they pull the remnants of your stomach out. So what was a football went down to a hot dog, and then they ripped the rest of your stomach out of your body. And... Um, that type of surgery, you can have a higher sugar intake. There's a little bit not more. Not as restrictive, yeah. It's not as restrictive as what we had. Uh, she had the Ruin Y or the gastric bypass surgery because that was the best surgery for her with the condition she was in. My surgery, I got to basically pick whether I wanted to do the sleeve surgery or the Ruin Y surgery. And since I had such a food addiction to where I was visiting with Wendy and having with Wendy all the time <laughs> that the ruin why was just my choice because it had that restriction on me to where I could not go visit Wendy's or Arby's McDonald's or whatever I, my craving was that day. I had to physically give that up because I would physically start getting sick if I tried to have that. So I chose the ruin why because of that. And what the ruin why does is instead of cutting it down into a hot dog size stomach, they cut it down into a small little pouch about the size of an egg or a golf ball. Mm. And the rest of our stomachs are still in us. They don't pull the stomach out. So if we had to have a reversal, they could actually put our stomach back together if they needed to. And then they take our small intestines and they uh, go down into what Dr. Kirk would say is a measured length into our small intestines and cut it and pull it up to the pouch so they can have connect the small intestines to that pouch to where 
food will go down. So we literally, when we eat, we eat about the size of an egg and we're full. So we can go to, say, Chick-fil-A and get a kid's meal and split it, split it and that's our meal. Wow. It's like we had dinner the, last night with, uh, we went to a Red and Black Gala last night and everybody around us was having these big plates of food and we ordered off the appetizer and got this small little thing. It was maybe the size of a personal pizza and they were all looking at us like, you know, that's all you're going to eat? And But we were full and it was delicious and... Before surgery, when we would go out for something like that, we would have the big plate of food because that's what we wanted. And you ate most of it. And I would eat most of it, exactly. <laughs> you were dieting. That's what you did. But <laughs> now, when we go out for dinner like last night, we're not concerned with the food. We're more concerned with the talk that we're having at the table, the communications with our friends and people we consider family now that we love doing that. So, And answer to your question, that's the two different types of surgery that we had. They have lap band too, which a lot of doctors won't even do that anymore. Um, they, like our hospital specializes in removing those because okay. they're so bad. Um, there's also another um, procedure called duodenal switch, which is kind of both the same procedures, which is a VSG and a RUNY kind of together. It's more restrictive, and um, there's a lot more malnourishment. And that's one thing he didn't plan. We have to take vitamins every day. Like, there's... Because food... Some of the food that goes through, it doesn't absorb in our body, Mm -hmm. which is super important. But one of the reasons that I chose that over VSG is a lot of people who have the vertical sleeve gastrectomy can gain weight back a lot faster because they don't have that restriction, Plus, with, with ours, before we even left the hospital, our diabetes was in complete remission. Whoa. I was there for four days. I had a birth defect that they had to fix. I didn't have complications from the surgery, but I had complications when he went in. Everything was backwards. He had to fix all of it. So I was there for a few extra days. And every time they would come in to take my blood sugar, I'm like, are you sure I don't need my shot? Like, how did this surgery reverse me taking shots every time I ate? Because, like, nothing else has changed yet, right? It's right. not like you had right. lost a lot of weight or anything. It was just, that's so crazy. Yeah. yeah, and still to this day, sometimes my blood sugar dips too low, but that's because I don't, sometimes I don't eat enough. But other than that, it's like everything just kind of went away. It, it still blows my mind to this day. I'm almost four years out, and I'm just like, how am I, how am I not completely diabetic anymore like how did this change that wow a lot of people actually think that the surgery is a major surgery and it is a major surgery but it's not a very bad surgery at all i mean i had shoulder surgery eight months before i had my weight loss surgery and the shoulder surgery was 10 times as bad Her partial hysterectomy was probably was 10 worse. times as yeah. bad as the surgery. I actually, being a heavy equipment operator, they suggest you take at least two weeks off work for your body to heal. I went back to work in seven days. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not as bad as people make it out to be. I think some of those perceptions are probably from when they started doing it. And I think people forget. They've been doing this for a while now. So right. they've probably perfected. Right. Well, they used to just completely open you up to do it. And now it's just a few little like incisions and it's good. You know, used to, they would have to do. Yeah. You have an overnight stay in the hospital and you're going home the next morning. They have you walking just within hours after you have the surgery. 
Is it a painful recovery process? Not, I didn't really have very much pain at all. I mean, you have some bruising from where they went in. I you, didn't. Uh, I actually didn't even know I had the bruising until she was like, what's on your side? And I had bruising on my side. But they put a nerve block on your uh, stomach area. So when you come out of surgery, you don't feel anything in your mm-hmm. stomach as it is. And then they start pumping you with uh, pain meds after that. And so I never really felt very much at all. And I did because I'm a pussy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so are there any restrictions? Like, are, is there any fear that if you like slip into an old habit? Well, I'm talking about immediately after surgery. If you overeat, that you could bust the seams. You on can. Something. You can. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And that's so, one of the things that is after surgery. You, I mean, most of the stuff after surgery is all in your mind. When you come out of surgery, you're not hungry. You're not it's thirsty. Weird. They have to actually, before you get to go home, you have to drink so much water. And they have a, the program itself is you have to slowly introduce food back into your stomach. You just can't go straight to Wendy's after that. You, it's soft foods. You start with water, Gatorade, pudding, Jello, things like that. And it's then like you start having, slowly working up. It's like having the stomach of an infant. Mm-hmm. You're kind of relearning like all of that. And we've heard stories of people that will immediate cause it's all head hunger and they will go eat something they're not supposed to. And it can, it can damage, like it can make you really sick. Your stomach doesn't growl after surgery. You lose the growling of your stomach. Now some stomach people get it back, but our stomach doesn't growl when we're hungry. Hmm. Like yesterday we had a small breakfast. We had a breakfast sandwich from QT and we split the sandwich and we went all day until we got to dinner last night. We were like, we haven't eaten anything all day. We just, it's just something you don't think about after that. So what, what changed about your, after you had it and you got one, went through the recovery, how, how was your life different after that? Did you start exercising more or? Started exercising more. That's one big thing is uh, we had a burst of energy. They say that's kind of unusual for patients after surgery, but we both had a burst of energy to where we had unbelievable energy I felt she like was like I was on meth yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding <laughs> like he would tell me you have to go to bed and I'm like I think I was just making up for lost time like I'm it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm scrubbing my baseboards like like I could not was, get down here before I got to do it it was weird it was very bizarre yeah and to me uh, one of the things that I've gotten into is running I like to get out and run a lot um She's not she is immediately nodding no. I, I tried. I don't like it. I'm not going to do it. I don't like it. So running was a big thing to me, and it still is to me. I run in a lot of 5Ks. Um, I tore my MCLs last year training for it, so this year I'm training again, and I'm trying to be careful not to re-injure that. But uh, most of what changed after surgery for me was my confidence. I, I started getting huge amounts of confidence. I'm much more confident in myself now than I've ever been. Uh, speaking in front of 200 people at a hospital seminar, just in general to me, I would have never done. Having a one-on-one conversation, um, well, when I first met he Tom. He never shuts up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I first met Tom, I was confident to go talk to him, but before I had surgery, I would have never been confident enough to come up and say hi to Tom. I just wouldn't have been. You were talking about having a lot of firsts um, afterwards. So what are some of those firsts for both of you? Oh, my gosh. I have a list. (laughs) Um, The burlesque world, first of all. Yes, let's talk more about that. I just kind of stumbled upon that. I decided he bought me. I had been stalking Liz. 
Huckleby for a while. Yes. Um, I'd always been attracted to like the pinup world and stuff. And then when we were heavy, one of our anniversary things is I was like, I introduced him to the burlesque world and we saw a show at a comedy club downtown. I comedy can't remember parlor? what it's called. The one by yes. El Guapos? Yeah. Yes. That was our first burlesque show. And I walked in and I was like, this is amazing. It's a body inclusive. There's so many different, and that was important to me. Like I loved it. I was like, this is so fucking sexy. There's all these different people, all these different body types. They own who they are. And I had always been attracted to that, but I'd been stalking Liz and he bought me my first photo shoot after I'd lost what, like a hundred pounds. Um, and I met Katie she did the hair and makeup and she was part of the burlesque world. And I was like, oh my God, I love this shit. Like after seeing that and then, and we started, um, I, we started coming to shows. We ended up at the review and I, um, I was like, oh my God, I love this so much. But I know with my extra skin, my body looks completely different. I can't fucking dance worth a shit. <laughs> but I'm like, I want to be part of this world so bad because it was, like I said, the body, body inclusive. And these women were hot and owning their shit on this stage. And I'm like, I love this so much. So we started coming to shows. And then um, they started teaching the class at Mojo. And I'm like, I'm going to take this class. It was so awful because they would have to stop class to try to help me. And I'm like, <laughs> just, just go just, on, just go on. These other women know what they're doing. I there. am awful. <laughs> I am so awful. And we were at a class one night and Katie's like, cause Katie had approached me about kittening before and I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, she's like, when you feel comfortable, just let me know. So we're at a class and she's like, Hey, I'm, I'm the only burlesque, you know, performer at this drag show tonight. You're a lot cuter than my husband. Do you want to help me? So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And that's a high bar because Katie's husband is pretty cute. So that's yeah, <laughs> he is. It was so funny because the first night we, I was so drunk and he filmed it and I can only watch like a few minutes of what he filmed <laughs> because you know, they had like the steps and I was like, shit. And I'm wearing stilettos. I'm trying to be cute. I look <laughs> fucking ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. But I had so much fun doing it. And so the night that we did um, the VFW was my very first show. And I didn't... Here's the thing. When you kitten, you're not trained. I didn't know what the fuck to expect. And I'm back there. And I'm just like... I'm, I'm very in tune to like how people act and... So I'm kind of just watching everyone and seeing, you know, everybody has a different method, but I was so nervous, but I loved it so much that I was just like, oh, I have to do that. I, I will never dance, <laughs> but that's how I ended up doing it. And yeah. so after that, they were like, it's just kind of a given that you're kittening if you're at a show. I'm like, okay. And that's kind of how I ended up. Yeah. So you've done, yeah, I think you've done a few photo shoots with Liz at this point, haven't you? You went a few? I don't even know how many. Because <laughs> so, I'll see you posting. Well, that's a completely different thing from what you were wearing in the other ones. So right. it's like you've been out. You've seen her a few times. Yes. Uh, we did an interview with her. You can check out our, our Liz Huckleby I've interview in, in the it. archives. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, indeed. So, I have two more booked with her actually, and next month actually, in July. We actually have uh, a shoot that Liz did that is going to be in nude art this year. Oh nice. yeah, I did nude art. My bariatric wow. body. 
Sorry, I keep my bariatric <laughs> body. I did nude art. Amazing. Step, I was like, heck yeah. Cause I want other women to see that after yeah. this, I can't afford plastic surgery right. and that's fine. I can still be sexy and rock this body with the extra skin, the boobs that hang down to here and, <laughs> and still be sexy and confident and love who I am. And that was super important to me to do that this year. Is that something you would have done before the surgery? Hell no. No, I couldn't even hardly be naked in front of him. Like, and we've been together like forever. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into those little meat yeah. and potatoes of why we do this podcast. Uh, so I'm seeing three <laughs> stages of your relationship here. There's before the surgery, there's that one year be- between Christina's surgery and Kenna's surgery, and then they both post-surgery. So what was your sex life act at those three stages of your relationship? Okay. So... I have to tell you, there's this weird shit that happens after surgery where you get really fucking horny. <laughs> no, literally, it cha- it does something weird to your hormones, and it's kind of a common thing that like your sex drive will spike. Mine was fucking ridiculous, and it wasn't on the same page with him, and he's not as sexually open as I am. And so he was super uncomfortable with me flirting, but I was just like, I could not get enough. You're like, was I? I don't even know. I'm a monster. (laughs) Exactly. I'm a dick monster. I don't know. You know, they say women go through like their sexual peak around their thirties, whatever. I don't know. I don't remember going through that. I went through that after surgery. It was like, I could not keep my hands off of him. Could not. And he was like, so like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) It was... Yeah. Now, mind you, I'm still in this state where I'm hating myself because that's in that year period there. I'm hating myself. I'm exhausted from work all the time and all I want to do is sleep. And then she's just grabbing me all over the place and, you know, trying to have sex with me all over the place. And I'm like, stop, leave me alone. I got to work in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, you got to get me a toy, some more yeah. toys or something. Cause like, I, I, I couldn't get enough. Like I couldn't. <laughs> and that's kind of where the attention from other men kind of came in. And I'm like, if he's not serving up the dick, maybe I can find male, female, because I don't care. Like, I'm pan. So it's like, give me whatever. So it was really hard for me to, he. it was hard for me to stay completely faithful because I felt like the sex drive was too overwhelming. It really was. And so there, I was just like, well, when you have a just lay drive. there, dude, just lay there because <laughs> I got to do something. Yeah. Just take a bag and go to sleep. Yeah. I'll handle the rest. Exactly. <laughs> like my hormones are raging. I feel like I'm on meth and I'm going to fuck yeah. you right now. That's exactly what it was like. Exactly. Yeah. Which is weird because after I had the surgery, I did not have the sex drive thing that she did which kind of pissed me off <laughs> yeah. like, she was like oh i'm ready it's like yeah, she's like, counting down the days on. all right let's go yeah i was like fuck did it change the mechanics i'm sure there was a lot more you could do okay oh my so, god listen oh my the positions i didn't know i was missing out that much i'm like fuck yes however nobody talks about this and i have to talk about it it changed not only is my body saggy, my pussy saggy now. <laughs> it's, like, it's like even getting on top, I'm just like, let I me have, move the flaps. Like, no, I, I didn't have enough weight to like kind of bear down and like enjoy that shit. And I'm like, I don't like being on top anymore. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> but it, it changes. A lot of people don't talk about that. It's different. 
Do you feel like it's different for me? Oh like, yeah, mine grew two inches. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> I about mean, to ask. Like, once you, your belly comes oh, in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, not that he was lacking in that area anyway, but I mean, yeah. I believe it did. I, I actually do honestly believe that I got more inches off of it, on it, not off of it, but on <laughs> yeah. it, than what I had to begin with. Yeah. I mean, I always thought I had a small one, but she says I didn't, oh. but... Once that belly went away, I was like, oh, there you are. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> I'm look down and see it now. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. But the, it, it changes. I really had to like get serious with the Kegels after that. Like, <laughs> it's not a joke. And people don't talk about that. I A friend of mine recently, she's about a, a year out compared to me. And that's one of the first things I told her. I'm like, your pussy's going to change. Like, get prepared. You're going to hear things when you bend over. It's going to sag. It's going to be completely different. So I've kind of had to learn how to like be on top again. Like it's, it's complete. Cause I don't have that weight. I don't have that tightness or it, it does change and nobody talks about it. There is a lot more sex positions that we can do now that we couldn't do when we were heavier yeah. though. And we're like, like we'll have sex, you know, have sex the other night. And I'm like, oh, wow, I can actually fit this way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's well, new. And, and, and we can see, like, I mean, that's exciting to be able to like, Watch see what's going see. on down there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, we were missing out on like being able to see this. No wonder porn was so exciting. But now <laughs> we don't have to do that because we can watch our, you know. Now you're your own porn. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw a suggestion at you, Christina. You said you didn't have enough weight. You didn't like being on top as much because you didn't have as much weight. Get like one of those uh, weighted vests, like like for that, at the gym people use. Oh my god, that's a perfect. Throw idea. another fifty pounds on it and yeah. sag that saggy pussy all over. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's literally like having to learn how to do it all over again. Because I'll tell him, I'm like, I don't want to be on top because I don't know how to like fucking move oh, anymore. Everything's like, different now. Yeah, yeah. It's better though. I would say, I mean, not that we've ever had a horrible sex life. We did go through a spell where like there wasn't, I mean, we've, it's never been bad, but it's definitely fucking better, like way better. And I think it, maybe it's because we both feel like I'm still insecure about my body because I haven't had plastic surgery, but I feel sexier around him. And so it definitely happens more often and I think it's better. I, yeah, because I bet some of that's the mental shift, right? It's like, and he watched you go through all this. I bet there's like intimacy in all of that. Right. Too. I, I imagine that adds something to it. Right. Like you went through something pretty challenging together, which I would imagine would add a lot to your relationship. Right. I still have an issue with like, how can you be attracted to all this saggy? Like, I get it when I was bigger. I was, it was, I was full. I didn't have like this extra hair. And so sometimes I struggle with like, how are you attracted to me at all? But that's my insecurity kicking in. And I don't know if you ever think that. Do you ever think that? Like, No, you don't ever think that. And uh, when you love somebody, you don't see the flaws in them that they see themselves. Right. Because I don't look at him and ever think, oh my God, you know, ever. And I don't look at other people and think that either, but it's kind of an issue with me, like... Sometimes I'm like, how can you stand to look at me without my clothes on? Like, my boobs hang down to here. Like, how is that hot? But to him, it is. He's like, they're 
their titties. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, that is my main That's, concern. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he told me, he's told me several times, I married you for your tits. And I'm like, <laughs> but when you married me, they were here and they were this big. Now they're yeah. here. <laughs> you they're know. they're more, uh, more vertical than horizontal. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> like I could never wear pasties, you know, like tassels because they would tickle my toes. <laughs> But he's okay with that. <laughs> so Christina's talked about getting a lot more attention. Kenneth, what, have you gotten more attention after your surgery? I think so. I know one of the things that I loved to do after surgery, and I don't get to do it very much anymore, is because most people recognize me now. But after surgery, I would... Uh, one of the things I did before surgery is I didn't tell people I was having the surgery. Uh, to me, that was just a personal thing that it was my business and nobody else's business. So after I had the surgery and I've lost all this weight, I remember actually one of the times we were walking through a Promenade Mall and I ran into somebody that was a good friend of mine that I had worked with for quite a while and she hadn't seen me in a while and she was with her kids. And Christina loves when I when I would do this. I would, she was sitting in um, one of the uh, benches there and I ran up to the bench and sat down next to her and put my arm around her and was like, hi, how you doing? And her son actually jumped up thinking that I was a stranger and he was about to try to beat one down on me. And he finally clicked with who I was. And I, I, to me, that was just awesome. Just going to freak people out all the time. I'd run into people at QT that I would know and I'd just go up and say, hi, how you doing? You know, how's such and such doing? Or, you know, what are you doing at work lately? And they just, how do you know this? <laughs> who the fuck are you? <laughs> he do doesn't, that. he doesn't notice people looking at him like I do. I'm, I'm, I love I'm watching other people and he, and but to me, that's kind of a turn on that he doesn't notice it and I do. And I'm like, I get to go home and fuck you later. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he doesn't or she doesn't, but I get to. You're like, we're going to talk about this right. when we get home. <laughs> right. It's... Our biggest thing is like the couples hitting on us. Because we mistake that as people want to be our friends. No, they just want to fuck us. And when we don't want to fuck them, because not because we don't like them, because that's our marriage isn't strong enough for that. They don't want to be our friends anymore. And we, we, we don't know that world. I'm just like, we've had a lot of friendships in because we didn't realize they just wanted to fuck us. We, we thought they wanted had, to be our friends, um, <laughs> you know, we had a couple from the hospital that was, um, interested in us that way and had made it clear to us that they were interested in. No, they waited till after we developed a friendship. And yeah. they had decided they wanted to sleep with us as a couple. And we told them, you know, we're not interested in that. And they kept pursuing it and kept pursuing it and kept pursuing it until it came to the point where they won't talk to us anymore because we wouldn't go that route. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Right. Weird. And it's so I, shitty. And it, it's fine. I'm open to whatever. It's just, like I've said, our marriage right now is not strong enough for that. And... I'm not used to, like I said before, when I was single, I would have couples approach me, but just me. And I was okay with that because I'd been involved in relationships like that. But as a couple, we've never done that. And I'm a jealous bitch. Like, <laughs> I want to see him happy. I want to see him, you know, be happy and be pleasured, but I'm kind of jealous and we're just not ready for that now. I'm not saying we never will be, but 
Like we've talked about it. We it's just a haven't shock for went us. very far into the discussion of it. You know, like she said, I'm when it comes to sex talk, I'm a little bit more of the shyish type, or she's more of the open type. So when we talk about it, I get a little shy and a little quiet and don't right. say very much about it because. You know, I don't want to upset my wife and say, yeah, I want to go bang this chick over here. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. So I kind of tend to stay away from from that conversation a lot. I mean, we have friends that are true friends to us that are like that, that want to, but and have actually questioned us about it. And we've told them, you know, not at this time. And thanks Thanks for we'll asking. We'll keep you updated but... if it's ever <laughs> on the table. But we're not used to that. Definitely yeah. as a couple, it's like, it's kind of like... You're both like, what do we do? What do we, right. do we say? What do we say? Like, we like them. They're fucking hot. I want to get off, but... I don't think we're there yet. We're yeah, still figuring right. all this shit out. Right, right, yeah. right. And I think it's more... I'm more open about my sexuality. Like, I'm, I'm 100% pansexual. Like, I just love people. I'm attracted to people. But it's not something we've really talked about. It's like, are you, how do you feel about it? Because he, he's kind of uncomfortable going, you know, talking about it. Even with me, when we've been together forever, it was just the way he was raised. You know, like, you don't talk about those things. So yeah, One of the things that she brought up to me earlier this week was, uh, you know what that podcast is right <laughs> yeah, I, know. I was like who are you on the wrong show <laughs> i was like i'm kind of nervous that i'll be talking the whole time because i'm more open than you are because he's you know he's he's very closed about that i'm trying to change that's one of the things that i'm trying to change about myself is to be more open about things like that uh the surgery changed my confidence level so the confidence in things i find something that i'm not very confident in and i try to change it yeah, I could imagine uh, it wasn't just the way you grew up, but it was some probably some like feelings about yourself. Like, I don't even want to talk. I don't want people to like, no, 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 no. Right. Let's shut this shit down. But one you're of like, the things, hey, I'm not that guy anymore. One of the things that I had trouble with, that I've had trouble with my whole life, is my parents didn't raise me. I was raised by my grandparents. So my grandparents, you know, I mean, so I was raised in the 1940s, 1950s style of how you raised children, not, you know, the 70s or 80s style. Mm -hmm. So since my grandparents raised me, I was taught to keep my feelings inside, not to show emotions and things of that nature. And that's things that we had to... sex. Exactly. (laughs) That was behind closed doors. And so I was taught all that. So the way I was raised was not to speak about that. And in our early stages of our marriage... We went through a lot of issues because I didn't show emotion. I didn't cry. I didn't let people know how I felt about and things. And you weren't sexual. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, but you've gotten a little more sexually open past since the surgery, yeah? Oh, definitely. definitely. So it sounds like maybe before the surgery, even before Christina's surgery, we're going to go back that far in your life. Would you even have been at a drag bar in a burlesque show? No. Definitely not. Definitely not. I would, uh, like the first show that we went to, um, I loved, I mean, I get to see all these women taking off their clothes and, oh man, these women are hot. You know, I, I thought that was the best thing, but (laughs) 
for one of them to come talk to me, I would be, oh, no, no way. <laughs> but after the surgery, when we were at the review, we went to the burlesque shows there, and I still thought, these women are hot, and that, look what they're doing. They're, what they're doing is freaking amazing. I still wouldn't have talked to them. And it took me a, lo- a long time to actually talk to these women. I mean, like uh, Kit Kat or uh, Lolly, um, all the people that are part of my what I consider my family now, I thought were hot bitches at the time that looked amazing. <laughs> you said and, bitches. What? <laughs> no, they're so, women. But I mean, as I'm getting to that, that's what I my thought was at the time is these hot bitches are amazing. But after I got to know them, they didn't turn into something sexual in nature to me. They're more my sisters now. And she got into the burlesque world as, world as kittening. I started working door and doing sound. Um, I know a couple of them even call me their um, work husband, where I would <laughs> empty right. the vehicles, fill the vehicles. You know, I would make sure that men didn't come up and touch them or whatever. And I kind of grew into being part of that family because of that. And, I mean, we were in Muskogee at a show probably two, three months ago, and I'm walking in the back, and the girls are changing in front of me. And I'm like, wait, what? And (laughs) it had got to the point where they're so comfortable with me now that I'm just one of the friends that they don't, you know, they know I don't think of them in that way anymore. So that was. But he asked about the drag world because our son is transgender. Our oldest, who's almost 22, he's transgender, and he kind of came out to us by doing drag. Nice. Yeah. So we were introduced to that world before burlesque. So I've always had like a thing for drag and the theatrics and all of that. But because yes, yes, yes. that's kind of how he came out to us. Um, you've always been very open with that though. Yeah. Yeah, the drag world, I actually, you know, work, work in Dorit Review and all. I've got to know a lot of the drag around town, uh, Sarah De La Hoya and all. Uh, Sarah grew up with our son uh, performing drag. So, and I've always been very supportive of our son doing the drag and, you know, whatever it is he wants to do. I've always been very supportive with that. And the drag, drag performers now are there just part of our family. But I just want to know, does it turn you on? Some of the performers do. Yeah. Some of the performers do. So I've always wanted to ask him that. And if I asked him that in private, he'd be like, I don't know. Let's not talk about it. (laughs) So now I know. Yeah. I'm like, any other things you want to talk about publicly? I mean, right. (laughs) We actually, uh, seeing the drag performers out of drag, um, was kind of, different for me because i'm like oh wow you know i've never seen you out of your drag With, before without a foot and a half of eyelashes <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> right. and a huge wig exactly and uh we actually had uh one of the people at the bar who used to perform drag because we were trying to get him to get back into drag and i think we actually succeeded he's supposed to be doing something soon mm-hmm. but um it, it was definitely different for me but yeah, they, they all became part of my family. I'm glad to know that that turns them on a little because, you know, it does me too. So, you know. Lauren like Lauren loves drag. Ugh, so uh, much. As much and for the same reasons that I love pro wrestling. It's just wild characters. Yes. <laughs> pomp and circumstance. Ridiculous <laughs> over the top costumes. Yeah. <laughs> same. I love it. I love it. I was talking to some friends this week because 
I used to go watch a drag queen that's on this season of RuPaul's Drag Race. She used to perform at Maverick, which was the ori- where the review yep. was originally. Yep. And my friends and I were reminiscing because they took me once and I was like, oh my God. And by the time they got there the following week, I was already sitting at the bar. I was like the only one there. I was in the front row with like a pitcher of beer. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. I was so in. I was like, this is everything. It's so funny because the girls are always like, I'm going to, you're going to stop kittening. You're going to come do drag. You're going to be a diva. I'm like, maybe one day. Yeah, the drag like, world's opening up. I love it. Yeah. I love the costume, the makeup, the transformation. Oh, it's it's a turn on for me, but it's also like, fuck yes, you know. One of the things so after surgery that uh, I did that she loves to see me do, and uh, Tom can relate to this, is after surgery I put on a dress. <laughs> I also did a photo shoot with Leah, so oh, yeah, I can get yeah. with that. <laughs> I fucking love, love it. it. I'm just shoot. like pantyhose. <laughs> there's something about that that is so fucking sexy to me. Was love it. it. I've done it one twice now. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I actually, it. Uh, we did one. I was uh, so Halloween last year where we were. Uh, I was working the door, and she had me dress as, as a lady at, at the door, and. I had uh, one of the performers come up behind me and didn't know, and it's like, oh, you got a nice ass. And I turned, huh? <laughs> yeah, he does. And some really fucking great legs, too. Like, yeah. Who, me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and men, clothing that is typically designed for men is never as sexy as women's clothing. No. no. And that's one of my favorite meme that's floating around now is, is that uh, all clothes are gender neutral if you stop being a little bitch about it no. <laughs> yeah. fishnets hit for me i love wearing fishnets and there's that's, something uh, about pantyhose on a man that just i'm just like fuck yes you saw that old yeah. joe name commercial when you were a girl and it changed your life maybe <laughs> i don't know love it uh so you've both gotten a lot of attention after this but christina i've noticed with some of your facebook posts not all of that attention is positive attention no <laughs> you've had some creepers pop up on your social media <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a few. <laughs> Every fucking day. And sometimes I call them out and sometimes I'm like, nah, dude, whatever. Don't feed the troll. Like, don't send me a dick pic, yeah. dude. Unless I ask for one. And if I really want one, I'll ask. But like, I don't want to see your pecker. I just, I don't. All right, I'll I stop sending them. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I wish you would. Like, can you send me more, please? <laughs> like, and that is, that's yeah. one thing that... Um, I, he has a hard time with that. I well, I did. I've actually gotten a lot better um, when she started with the burlesque, the kittening, and everything. That that's pretty much when that started. Is all the dudes were like, "Oh, I can send you know, I, I can hook up with her and start it." And so I actually had a really tough time with that to start with. And I actually messaged a couple of the uh, girls, uh, Katie and Lolly, and I was like, "Hey, how do your husbands handle?" that type of stuff and they had a one-on-one with me and it's like look this is you know they they handle it this way they don't make a big deal out of it they understand let the women handle handle it because they're going to handle it and most of the time there's a few times that she'll tag me in one of those and that is my goal 
<laughs> that's yes, my go. That's your word. hot tag. You're in now. Right. Once once I get tagged into it, I, I, I have free will. I can say what I want. <laughs> and most of the time, one of the things I do is if I get tagged into it, which doesn't happen very often because she handles it pretty well. If I get tagged in and I get tagged in it, the first thing I do is I tag one of the girls in it. And if I tag one of the burlesque they girls tear in them it, up. Oh, tear yeah. them up. That is my favorite. A lot of times, I'm like, I they're old pros. They're yeah. old pros at dealing with bullshit. I don't even bullshit. have to say anything. I just let them have it. I'm just like, just let them take care of it. You know. I just back up and I'm like, hey, I ain't going to watch TV tonight. I got a show going on right here now. <laughs> yeah, especially right. with the two you mentioned being uh, Lollipop and Katie Bell. Like, th- those are two of the utmost take no shit bitches there right. is. Exactly. Like, right. And that's yeah. why I love both of them so much. Love them. All I have to do is say, hey, this... Because sometimes I don't quite know how to handle it. I'm super fucking nice. It's gross how nice I am. (laughs) And I don't want the attention, but it's like, I'm not good with words sometimes. So I'm just... I just let them have it. Because I know they're going to say whatever they say. They run them off. They make them feel like shit or make them feel stupid. So I just kind of let them have it. But he stepped back a lot because... My first comment I ever got was some guy said I was a MILF and that offended him so bad. And I wasn't offended. I was like, fuck, yes, I am. I'm a child. <laughs> I like Thank you for noticing. I was just like, it's okay. I'm not going <laughs> to fuck you, but thanks for the compliment. You know, you can want to fuck me. That's fine. Exactly. That's as far as it's going. Exactly. And he got so upset over that. And I'm like, I can't control what these dudes say. Like, mm-hmm. and I kind of took it as a compliment. So, Okay. Most yeah. of the time, I just look at it now and it's like, I know she's home with me. She she is very dedicated to me and our family, and she's not going to cheat on me with any of that. So I've just kind of learned, you know what? It is what it is. There's always going to be creepers out there that's going to do that. Everybody gets them. And I just keep thinking, oh, if these dudes only saw me naked, they wouldn't say this. <laughs> like, they only knew. <laughs> like, and once again, seeing her naked is not as bad as she's making it sound. <laughs> well, we're about to find out when nude art happens. There we so, go. Check that can't out. Can't wait to see that. Uh, so you said that you speak at seminars. What type of seminars do you go speak at? Uh, we speak at seminars for weight loss surgery. Uh, we were actually approached probably about six months after a I year had ago. my surgery. Yeah to uh, do a photo shoot for the hospital. So generally, um, if you go into a Utica Park clinics around town or whatever, you'll see photos of people and their actual patients that have had the surgery. And we were one of about 10 people. Uh, They consider us one, even though we're a couple, because at the time there wasn't very many couples. It's because our after pictures were really fucking hot. That's why. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, they were like, you two, good looking. We're doing this. That's why. That's why. I know that's why. Our after pictures were really good. <laughs> so, they, so they asked us to do a photo shoot. So we did the photo shoot, and they, uh, of course, were on the website and everything. And shortly after that, about a year ago, a little about a year and a month ago, they approached us and said, hey, we, we, you know, we do our seminars. And that's one of the things they require before you do weight loss surgery is to do a seminar where they explain the surgery, the, the uh, things that you'll go through during the surgery and everything that's required to have the surgery. And they said, we're changing our, our seminars up, and we actually want to have a post-op patient come in and tell their story because we can tell you what we're going to do to you all day long, but we've never had the surgery. We don't know how it works. <laughs> but if we have somebody come up and tell their story, that would mean so much to these people to understand, hey, this is where we were in that chair, 
and we know what it's like to to be what you're going through and we can tell you what will happen after the surgery so they approached us for that and um so we've been doing that for about 13 months now and um I can probably say we've probably been to more seminars than anybody in the world has been yeah. to now. I can tell you how every surgery works. I've watched it 500 times. <laughs> like, I know. And that's that's one of the strange things with us now is we've became known in Tulsa where we were completely unknown because we were at home dying on the couch or working constantly. Now we've became known around Tulsa either in the burlesque world or the bariatric world. So we get approached. We got approached last night. Last night. night. We were at a show at the PAC, like a really small show. We went with a group of friends. And these people come up to us and they're like, hey, we know you from... And I... The first thing we think is, where do you know us from? Yeah, my, my face, my what face do we have gives to it turn away. On here? <laughs> my <laughs> face gives it away. And I always look at them like, who the fuck are you? And what... It's because people, from the time we meet them at their sitting at the seminar or support group... They change so much within those few months that sometimes we don't recognize them. Oh, that's and I true. always yeah. feel so bad because I'm like, they remember us because that was a pivotal moment in their life. Yeah. And you're like, I've done 20. But, I'm just like, but you look so different. Yeah. yeah. And I, we, Bailey calls it uh, the hospital that we do the seminars for is uh, a family. And after we have the surgery, that's truly what it is. Because before I had the surgery, like I said, I didn't tell people I was having the surgery. And one of the main reasons I didn't tell people I was having the surgery, and this wasn't brought up earlier when, in your research, but it does happen, is I told my mom I was having surgery. And the first thing out of her mouth was, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, what are people you are dicks oh, about wow. it sometimes. And yeah. so I don't talk to my family anymore because I made a decision to become healthier and happier with my life, and my family was completely a different against it. So I don't speak to my family. She doesn't speak to her family. So we have no family except what we have here. So when we had surgery at Bailey and they offered us to do that, uh, that was one of the things that I wanted to do is help other people because in my past life, the asshole that I was, I would never help anybody. If I'd see an old lady broke down on the side of the road trying to change a tire, I would drive right, right past her laughing, thinking it was funny. Oh. Now, what happened a couple of months ago, we had a lady driving down the street with a flat tire, and she was by herself. She was in the car by herself, and she looked like an older lady, and she pulled into the parking lot, and I drove past her, and I started to slow down, and I turned in the parking lot, and Christina goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm not going to leave her back there, and I went back there to help her change her tire. Fortunately, when I got back there, she had already, she pulled into a, a um, car, an automobile shop that was going to help her fix it. But I, that is something that has changed in me that I and want to help. That's, it's fucking hot to watch that. Like, I'm more attracted to him now because of that than I was before. Like, there's something about kindness that turns me on, I guess. I'm just like, you're a good dude and... I want to fuck you. <laughs> like, you we'll want, get to that later. You want, <laughs> you want good people in your life and in your vagina. That's the way it works. No shit. Exactly. But, but exactly. with Bailey, that, that's my family now. Bailey is my family. I have friends, lifelong friends that I've met through Bailey that I have supported through surgery, that she has supported through surgery, that we have watched change. Uh, 5Ks we do. We have a 5K coming up this weekend that we do that's for Bailey and I'll probably be one of the first people to finish that 5K. But guess what? I'm going back through that 5K, and I'm going to make sure that all the people from Bailey 
finish it. Nice. And I'm very supportive about that. So we have our Bailey family. And then we turn to burlesque. We have where our burlesque we have our family. Burlesque family. Uh, Tom's part of our family. His girlfriend's part of our family. We have people that we trust. Um, Lynn and Deb from The Review. We would have never met. People we would have never met. We would have never met Tom. We met Liz first. Then we went to Katie. Then we went to the burlesque group. We met all these people at the burlesque group. We met Lynn and Deb. Um, they're our family now. We love them all to death. We'll always be there for them. And it, it is kind of weird to go out in public like last night where we ran into somebody and we're kind of waking, okay, you know us from, you know, what face do we have to turn on? Do we have to turn on a <laughs> hospital face or can we be all raunchy like, and talk okay about the Like, is it okay that my boobs are hanging out tonight or do I need to cover these, you know? I think yeah. it's interesting because it, it obviously changes your dynamic with each other, but it also sounds like it changes your friendships, your family relationships. It it's kind of like setting this bomb off in your whole like system of family system, system of being. And then you're kind of like, okay. It's kind of scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's, it really mm -hmm. is. It's very, it's kind of intimidating sometimes, but it, I would go back and do it a million times again because before I didn't have quality people in my life. And now I feel like I have quality people in my life who love me. If I was to gain the 170 pounds back, they would still love me. And before with family, it was always about that. It was always about how I looked or my weight. I was never good enough because of that. I came from teenage parents and that's kind of a whole nother story in itself. But my self-esteem was based on always how I looked and to have these people in my life that love me, even if I gain 20 or 30 pounds, you know, that's important to me. It really, it really is. So you said that your family was not supportive of your surgery. Is not that, at all. is that common? Yes. Yes. Very common. A lot of what people see when it comes to weight loss surgery is if you look it up on the internet, all you're going to see is the bad stories. Negative. It's, yeah. You see all the negativity in it. So when you're telling somebody, hey, I'm going to go do this, and they look it up, and they're like, oh, my God, this person died from it, or there, there was this complications, or this didn't work out, or that didn't work out. One of the things with my family was uh, my uncle had the surgery, and he did not follow. He didn't take his vitamins. He didn't follow the things. I mean, you can't go out and have a freaking candy bar you know, it's two weeks up. after surgery, you throw it up. <laughs> what they what they call dumping is throwing up. Um, he didn't take care of himself. He lost weight, but he didn't keep the weight off. And 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 the process of him eating all this unhealthy food that he shouldn't have been eating, he's got his family around him watching him suffer and hurt. So that was one of my mom's things. Is like, look what your uncle did. He had the surgery, and look where he's at now. He's worse off than he was before that. And that's where she was getting, you're going to kill yourself. Well, I had researched some of it, and she's a stickler to rules. Christina's a stickler to rules. I'm not. I like to bend the rules, and I, can, I know how much I can bend the rules and how much I can have. But that's why I chose the surgery I chose is because I knew that I would want to bend the rules. Mm -hmm. And having that surgery, you can't bend them very far. Yeah. And so I knew that I have to stick to it, and I've been successful and my parents just still have not came around to it. I've actually removed them from my Facebook. I don't associate with them. They never come around. They never celebrate our son's birthdays. Nothing. Mm. They live a mile from our house. 
but I'll have friends from Bailey or from the burlesque area that will drive all the way across town to celebrate a birthday or to make sure that we're okay because they know we'll do the same for them. And that's the type of people we want in our life now, not the people that are going to be negative the way that my family was to me. And I, I love my family to death. I, I always will. They're, they're, they're my true blood family, but they were not supportive to me when I needed it. Yeah. It's good to have a, you got to have positive people in your life. So that's, that's good that you found that. And if people want to find you and maybe have you come talk at their seminar, where can they find you? Oh, you both look at each other like you tell them. <laughs> well, we're both well, on. I'm all, on my, I'm all over Facebook. I have my regular Christina Richmond, but I also have Lola LaRouge, which is my burlesque pinup name. Um, I'm on Facebook and then my business page, which is Lola LaRouge Creations and more. Uh, and what is on Lola Rue's creations? Well, I just kind of fell into making wreaths. Wreaths? <laughs> cheesy, oh, nice. cheesy ass wreaths. I have ADHD. I'm diagnosed with it. Um, there's not a lot of things. I get really obsessed with one thing and then move to the next and to the next. I can't focus. And I decided one day I'm going to make a wreath. And I focused and it stuck and people fucking pay me for it. So I'm there just like, okay, let's do this. And she's also going to have some uh, vintage clothing on there. And she does yeah. some other things that she just hasn't got I'm around a to adding there. Now. But uh, me, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, we do um, actually, we don't mind going to uh, talk to people about bariatric surgery uh, we actually made a drive out of town for some friends that asked us to do it, to speak to their uh, grandfather about it. And that it, it means a lot to people to have somebody like us to be able to come and say, hey, we know what you're going through. We know you're hurting. Uh, we, you know, we're here to help. Well, you know, you have questions, we can answer them. We can, we can help you and get through that. So we don't mind if anybody approaches us about weight loss surgery uh, we're an open book. I mean, we'll we'll talk to you. We'll get you through it. And we'll, we'll talk about anything. Or I will. <laughs> Even about how your pussy changes after a weight loss surgery. So, And you got your surgery done at Bailey. Is that right? Bailey, Bailey, Bailey Medical Center in Owasso. Yeah. Bailey Medical Center in Owasso. So if anybody's thinking about it in the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, you can check out Bailey Medical Center in Owasso for more information on that. Christina Richmond, Kenneth Richmond, thank you so much for coming by. This was a great episode. We thank you. This you. was fun. Yeah, thank you very much. And I'm Tom King. I'm Lauren Turner. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Digital Intercourse. That was fun. That was fun.